the Astra Economic Review. My name is John Eckstein. I'm the Chief Investment Officer of Astra Investment Management. I'm joined today by my friend and partner, Rob Stein. Rob, hello. Hey, John. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy first Friday of the month. It is Friday, June 2nd. The payroll reports came out, and Rob and I are going to crunch those numbers for you a little bit, uh, give you our view of the Fed, and that's going to be it. So we just had a podcast last week, so not too much new news to talk about. And I think that we're going to get into our usual sort of economy in a nutshell when we talk about the numbers. So my view of the numbers is a totally solid number. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, solid numbers, solid revisions, solid all the way around. Nothing to be disappointed about. Right. So changing on from payrolls this month, 339,000 up from last month. Last month revised up and well above expectations. The surprise is that the unemployment rate was up. So it went from 3.4 to 3.7. So those are calculated from different surveys. The payrolls is from establishments. Unemployment rate is from households. They have slightly different definitions of employment mm -hmm. and disagree a little bit. If you use the payrolls definition and try and reconcile the two, then actually the numbers actually higher. You get the... If you try to use in the same terms, then, then that would have been the equivalent of about 400,000 jobs this month. So if you're looking for the unemployment rate as reasonably bearish about the economy, you got to keep looking. You got to keep looking. <laughs> That's the shoe everybody keeps looking at. The right. uh, unemployment rate, the unemployment number, the unemployment report, some deciphering of it in a code that the economy or the weakness in the labor market is right there and just doesn't seem to be showing. Yeah. So if you want to get into a little bit more detail, one thing that is interesting, I'm curious about you. We haven't talked about this. So I, I don't know what your opinion is. So one thing that seems to have happened is that the self-employed percentage of the labor force has dropped. And that has something to do with the difference between the two surveys. So if you remember, self-employment has been dropping over time at a fairly steady rate. But in the pandemic, it spiked up. Right. So it went up a, a very big move. And now it's back to where it was before the pandemic. Do you have a preferred interpretation of that, Rob? That seems, it seems weird. So I was noticing that. And I think that the obvious reasons during the pandemic, right, made sense. People were going off on their own. You're talking about the single member LLCs, things of that nature. Yeah. Well, they actually they just estimate self employed as a percentage of the labor force. Right. So there was a huge spike in single member. LLCs right before during COVID. So I consider that self-employed. Right. Right. So a lot of those sort of the census department categorize those though. They can tell the difference between someone who's like a consultant and someone who's expects to hire people. And so a lot of those were companies with high propensity to hire. So now with those being back down to where they were before the pandemic, like the level of self-employment down where it was below, before the pandemic. I mean, what I think might be is that people started fake businesses to try to get PPP money. What do you think of that? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a possibility. It's a lot of work for the PPP money for the amount of people who would go through that to move the number, but it, it could make sense. Sure. Put free money out as an incentive, and I think people will jump through lots of hoops. Yeah, I mean, because the other... Yeah, otherwise, like you're stuck a little bit, like right, trying to find an interpretation of this, right? You're like, okay, people decided in COVID they wanted to be on their own, and now they decide no, they don't want to be there on their own anymore. That's a little weird. That's a little weird. 
It is, but I, I mean, we can really go off the fairway here, but I think that there's something about the type of people who go off on their own and those that work under a different structure, and you don't really know which category you fall into until you try and do it. Mm, uh, and there's people I've heard, like, I could never work for anyone again. And there's other people who are like, I like to get the routine of, of where I go, what I do, how I do it. I don't have to worry about these things. I do my job. I get my check. So this just put everybody who thought the grass was greener on one side to define where they fit. That's interesting. I mean, that's probably a more plausible story than mine, honestly. So if you look into the guts of the release, something that you and I were talking about uh, a few minutes ago was that the average weekly hours has dropped a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, some people are sitting around a chart saying like, look out. And it's possible that it's showing a beginning of a decline, but but my interpretation of the weekly hours, it, it's just back down to its average and it's consistent with sort of like a moderating labor force still growing, but at a less strong pace. And I would say that things like the quits rate percentage of employees who quit every month and the number of employees at temporary health help services. Those are two other things that I look at as trying to sort of read the tea leaves, right? Like it's easier to fire a, a temp than it is to fire, you know, Steve, who's been working down the hall from you. <laughs> and the quits rate, it's a shorter series, but it's very interesting. Like obviously if people quit, they have to feel pretty comfortable in the job market. And the quits rate is down off of its high, which was sort of the beginning of 2022. But back to, you know, still above where it was any time 2012 to 2019. So overall, I would say the story in the labor market is mm -hmm. the pedal was to the metal 18 months ago, and now we are going the speed limit. What do you think about that? I think it's a good way of, of describing it. The quits and the average hours. I love diving into it, but I haven't really been able to tie a correlation that works 100% of the time with that. There's right. all sorts of other reasons why quit numbers go up and hours move back and forth. I, I don't think they're that, as, that intentional. I think they're situational why that kind of thing happens. But I, I agree, right? We were pedal to the metal, and now we're taking our foot to more of a average range, average speed. So I don't think we can see anything in here that's just nuanced other than things that are nuanced. Yeah, I think we're I think we're on the same page of that. So, you know, my view, the economy as a whole is growth continues. There's no real evidence of a sharp slowdown coming. It's not to say it's impossible, but we haven't seen it in the numbers yet. Yeah, and I'm a little more talking out of both sides of my mouth. I don't see any reason why we would slow down, but I don't see any reason why we would continue or accelerate. So I kind of think it's a ball that's underwater a little bit. You let go of it. It comes back to the surface. It doesn't go above the surface. It's just on the surface. Maybe you push it down a little more and it comes up over the surface. But I think it's a whole lot of, not, not a whole lot of reason to think we accelerate much past here. And if things start to slow down, not a lot of compelling reasons why that would be sustained. And I just think we're bouncing around at the average speed line. I think that's right. And the thing that would make me change that assessment would be maybe if housing picks up again, like housing, everyone wants to buy a house. No one feels like they can afford it with mortgage rates so high. And so turnover is quite low, but prices are not dropping. So if mortgage rates moderate, and then, you know, people are like, okay, I guess, you know, I guess I got to take 6% better than seven. That could be a catalyst. 
but that's the only thing I really see that would boost us maybe. And yeah, and then that's just another way of saying lower rates, right? Right. Speaking of which, the Fed mm-hmm. is meeting in two weeks' time, the 14th. Today is the second. Do you have thoughts on what the... All right, so let's say, let's break this down. Two things. If you were on the FOMC, how would you vote? And how do you think the committee will decide? Okay, so I would be raising rates still. You'd be, you'd be going another quarter? Or you'd I would be. I would be, yes. And I think they are going to do that too. I'm alone out there in that, I think, or in a small camp, but that's what I think. Yeah, I think that is this, that is not... Oh, it's the minority. I think that, uh, definitely like the chatter that you hear is saying a pause. And we have had Fed speak in both directions, but right now, the market, the Fed Funds futures market, is forecasting, I guess, 80% chance of a hike between the June and July meetings. So one more hike is basically what is built into the Fed Fund futures market. And I guess you would think that it's not going to be one more. It's going to be you know at least another 100 basis points. I'm putting words in your mouth. Is that fair, though? That's fair. That's fair. But if they hike next time, I'll be a little bit more cautious on, on suggesting another one. But keep in mind that the Fed Fund futures market was also suggesting we'd be cutting by now. The Fed Fund futures market is currently suggesting cuts coming at the end of the year, beginning of next year. Um, yeah, I just don't see that. I don't see cuts without a recession either. That's been my story for a long time. I'm going to stick with that, I guess. I guess I see a pause and then a hike in July. Is that too threading the needle? That's a that's what I see happening. And what would I vote for? Huh. Like I do think that the argument that there's substantial tightening baked in the cake already is valid, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've got we started raising rates what 15 months ago. The bulk of it has happened in the last six months or eight months. That's probably not fully reflected in the economy yet. Inflation is not increasing anymore. So you probably can be a little bit more cautious. You probably think that real rates are negative now. So there's less of a fire under your butt thinking we've got to get to negative. So I think that they can be more patient and scary Inflation numbers would be what would change my outlook there. That's my view. Turning the needle. I think it's a possibility. It might be the best statement for stability, right? We're slowing down here. We're taking a look. And you know what? We're not scared here. We're going to continue on the hiking path. And there might be some good things that credibility that the Fed gets by pausing for one and then coming back with another hike. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I think... I am in the soft landing camp that it seems like, you know, we've avoided recession. One of the things we look at is some sort of systematic surveys of economists. And we were talking earlier that basically in the last six months, economists were expecting a recession in 2023. Now they are upgrading 2023, downgrading 2024, this recession. And I guess I don't see, I don't see a recession actually happening. And I think you think that we are sort of due a recession sometime soon. I do. I think it's one of those 
recessions that they keep forecasting it doesn't happen. It gets delayed and delayed. It hits when you're not looking and it's a little bigger than you thought. We saw this, the rational exuberant comment was two years before the market peak. The yield curve inverted two years before 08 hit. We've been talking about a recession for 18 months now, about been forecasted to be two quarters away. So I just think it's taking a little bit longer, but I think we're going to have one. In the next 18 months, I think we have one. Well, either way, we will be here commenting on it for you. <laughs> and either way. I think we will leave it there. If you would like more of our economic commentary, you can check out the Aster website, asterim, that's I-M for investmentmanagement.com, or you can reach out to your Aster sales rep. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, John. Cheers. To learn more about Aster Investment Management's research and strategies, please visit us on the web at www.asteriam.com or stay up to date by following us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Thank you. Aster Investment Management LLC is a SEC registered investment advisor. All information contained herein is for informational purposes only. This is not a solicitation to offer investment advice or services in any state where to do so would be unlawful. Analysis and research are provided for informational purposes only, not for trading or investing purposes. All opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and subject to change, they are not intended as investment recommendations.